Akshay, did you always knew what you wanted to do when you passed out from MBA? I was all over the place. Uh, Saurabh, what about you? Yeah, I didn't have any idea, I didn't have any idea. Confused about your career choices? Wondering what steps to take next? In this podcast called Beyond Campus, Saurabh Garg, founder of C4E, and Akshadat, founder of Punnati, are on a mission to crack open the career success code for the youth. Wo bachpan mein kehte the na, tum jo chahe ban sakte ho. So, let's turn the dream into reality. Hi, I am Anand. I am the co-founder of Leap.Club. Everything in life is a matter of our choices. Process it for a fraction of a minute and a lot will automatically make sense after that. In this episode of Beyond Campus, Akshadha talks to Anand Sinha, CEO of Leap Club, who revealed what makes him to keep going. Anand also serves as the co-founder of the voluntary group, the Robin Hood Army. His success sutra remains choosing growth over profitability. Adjust your headphones and explore this wonderful entrepreneurial journey of Anand Sinha only on Beyond Campus. So I was a very lost child, you know, that's how I, when I look back, that's how I look back at my childhood. Uh, Career-wise and studies-wise and professional, this thing, professional, uh, I had absolutely no idea. I, I, you know, I, I still, in some sense, live one day at a time. And uh, so I was a very happy-go-lucky as a kid. And, uh, and of course, again, very middle-class parents, the focus, uh, family and upbringing, the focus was always mm-hmm. on grades and on maths, but uh, you know, I, wasn't, I wasn't that good. But, uh, but I, think, I think the good thing was that my parents gave me a lot of freedom from very early on uh, to sort of you know, choose my own path. And, uh, and I think that's what helped me a lot. Uh, that's, that's what shaped me as an individual. But uh, I ended up taking commerce in class 11th. So that was the first big decision in some sense of my life. Yeah. Did you have something in mind? Like uh, you wanted to be a CA? Like in that time, commerce like a CA ka hi honge log. <laughs> CA ya MBA? Huh? In fact, I did register for the CA, you know, exams, level one exams, but never, never, gave, uh, never ended up giving them. But uh, there was thought process. It was just uh, science was, seemed just too tough. I remember looking at those, those the books, you know, physics, chemistry books in class 11th and they were just too fat and boring. And uh, so I just knew that that's not for me. Um, again, arts, arts was something that used to time like that. future So again, it was just by default, I guess, by, you know, that's how it happened for a lot of people and for me too. Okay. So how did you end up going to Bangalore for your graduation? Like, why didn't you just go into DU? So I actually spent a year in DU and, uh, uh, you know, this is again, I, I used to play a lot of football at that time. And uh, in fact, uh, you know, I was playing for the state and all of that was happening. And I wanted to pursue that. Uh, uh, I was very interested in pursuing that full time. So and again, you know, I, I mentioned that my parents gave me some space and room to do all of these things, which is great. So I did that, did that for a year and almost but ended up dropping that year because I was just focusing so much on, on sports. Um, unfortunately, I had two knee surgeries during that year and uh, so serious injuries and uh, and that's when, you know, football as an option wasn't there on the table anymore. And uh, and you maybe since I had dropped out, I had not given exams and it was just a, a lot of mess in some sense at that time. 
बट बट देन थैंकफुली यू नो आई थिंक माई पेरेंट्स डिसाइडेड कि इसको यहाँ से हटाओ एंड गिव हिम अ न्यू सॉर्ट ऑफ प्लेस एंड दैट्स हाउ आई एंड अप गोइंग टू बैंगलोर एंड टू क्राइस्ट कॉलेज so that must have been like pretty transformational like delhi boy in bangalore the whole culture shock like you know in delhi boys and girls don't mix so freely and you know there there are more hang ups and bangalore is like pretty open kind of a culture so what was that whole experience like for you it was crazy you know those three years when now when i look back i think they completely transformed me in many good and bad ways um it was a total culture shock as you said because you know ekdam se a boy who spent all his all his childhood in this in delhi suddenly in bangalore different language different culture um staying alone you know here parents indian parents typically pamper you quite a bit and you don't have to worry about a lot of things but uh, it was it was crazy it it's, it's it's a few things i enjoyed a few things i didn't enjoy at all so at the end of 3 years when i got a chance i actually just got out of bangalore <laughs> what did you not enjoy i think it was just a slightly uh, you know at that age for me to sort of uh, go to a new city new culture i don't think i mingled too well with the people there and that's one of my bigger regrets because you know typically college is when you make very strong friends and you have your best years in some sense but uh, that wasn't the case with me and uh, so i had a few few friends etc but overall i don't think i sort of christ also had a very different vibe than do you you i i remember you had to wear uh, formals and go and you had to wear a tie and i used to think here what is happening you know why will i wear a tie to college and and i remember i had long hair and, and on my day one there uh, you know the father who was the principal there asked me that this hair with cannot is not allowed here and i was like why it's college this is my time to do all of these <laughs> okay so thoda sa you know us us mai thoda phas gaya beech mein that's how i look Did did people see you as a typical Punjabi ladka, like typical North Indian? With, yeah, yeah. Rebel, <laughs> rebel attitude and all that. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I I had I had my ears pierced and long hair, as I said, and uh, so Christ me though, absolutely fit nahi tha wo. Acha, <laughs> okay. So, uh, but how did those three years change you as a person? Like, you know, was there like a boy becoming man kind of transformation? in some sense because you know i i mentioned that i i've been i was fairly happy go lucky just taking one day at a time but i think just being in a new city managing your finances a, a house or you know wherever i was living it just i think added a lot of responsibility and uh, you know there was no one saying ki okay this is this is when you have to study this is when you have to play so it all those decisions in some sense i had to take for myself for the first time and i and i think that as i i think those were the great takeaways for those three years in those three years So, eleven, uh, you come back to nine. Uh, sorry, two thousand nine, you come back to Delhi. Then, what did you do next? Now, I actually, you know, it's again a slightly funny story. I two thousand nine, I moved to Hyderabad. Oh, okay. And because because uh, so we we had a company called DE Shaw, which came on campus. Yeah, the Jeff Bezos company. I mean, Jeff Bezos started his career there only. Now. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so now it's a pretty massive hedge fund. and um, so uh, yeah so they came on campus right at the start of my third year final year and uh, in fact i remember it was it was a pretty prestigious this thing 5 6000 people and christ was a massive college so you know a lot of thousands of students sat for the placements and they and they ended up selecting five and i got selected so then life took me to hyderabad then and what was the role there so i was part of the financial research team so a lot of a lot of traders that used to sit in uh, in the us so in some sense we were the support team we used to do a lot of r&d in the companies that uh, you know the firm was investing in was it like a 
research and report writing flavor or was it like more mathematical analytical flavor like what was the flavor of the role so it was more more uh, analytical in some sense you know you have to uh, study the companies and just sort of uh, prepare some trends and everything in some sense that will help make better investment decisions okay so yeah that that's what we were doing and then why did you leave that after 2 years so i had the best 2 years there by the way you know the the fact that i mentioned that i didn't live my college life in christ i actually ended up living that in hyderabad oh okay so so we we were so you can imagine we were 25 30 of us who joined on the same day from all you know top uh, you know the 10 15 colleges in india and uh, and so we ended up making great friends there but two years ke baad also realized that this is not something that was my calling um it was a very you can imagine a very corporate formal setup and uh, i think just given my background i wasn't used to that and i just wasn't fit so two years ke baad i thought yaar ab kuch aur try karte hain okay then what next so then i actually i came back to delhi really without a plan and i thought he just i'll, I'll go and figure and uh, this so happened that a friend and a friend of mine saw this opening uh, zomato opening he you know zomato was looking to hire in their sales team and and by the way this is early 2011 kisi ko pata nahi tha zomato kya hai us time and, and uh, so i ended up uh, emailing them like cold emailing them uh, uh, the team there and uh, i i got a response i went to their office met uh, you know pankaj uh, dipinder and everyone there acha at that time the founders were directly involved with it. yes it, it, it was a 2025 member team so it's very small and uh, so i met them and things worked out and within 15 days of actually coming back to delhi i, I ended up joining zomato and this was for a sales role this was for a sales role yes so you know coming from a background of 2 years of a desk job and you know like a hardcore desk job why did you think of taking up sales and i mean you know didn't didn't it seem intimidating because sales means the pressure to meet targets and all that so again the honest answer there is i had no idea about sales was right because no background uh kuch startup startup us time kuch hota nahi tha and uh, so no background but i just went there i really liked the vibe there uh, uh, you know it was a, it was a uh, the office used to be at a house in gurgaon and i just really liked the vibe and and just felt ki this is you know this is the place that i can again make friends us time utna professionally to mai bilkul sochta hi nahi tha so again i you know i thought ki this is a place where i can maybe learn and make great friends and have a good time and and that's how it ended up happening so you would have taken up any role that they would have given you sales was yeah yeah accident yeah yeah totally totally so how was that experience of transitioning from a desk job to a sales job again you know grade 3 so i so i, I spent two uh, two stints at zomato and my this was my first stint so uh, it was grade 3 years right because i and i actually never ended up going to b school but uh, i always look back and think that those three years was was my was my business school in some sense and uh, again just just to see that transformation and of course we all know how zomato grew and just to see that transformation to play my part in that so wonderful three years so much learning uh, again zomato was a place where they gave us a lot of opportunity to do multiple things and uh, so kafi kuch kiya in those three years you know built a lot of teams traveled quite a bit and uh, so great great three years like i think wherever i am today it's a lot of base the foundation was set during those three years so what was it like uh, in those early years being part of a high growth startup and you know how did it impact your career like i can see that you became the like the national sales head uh, in a very short time you know how did that happen 
So again, I think, see, the thing was that at any, I think some of the things that haven't changed, right? Even after 10 years, if you join an early stage company, even today, the, if, you, if you treat the company like your own company, if you're high on ownership, if you really sort of, you know, forget about work-life balance in some sense and just sort of give it your all and uh, and just have a great time and also learn uh, at the same time, then it's, it's a win-win for everyone. And I think that's what happened with me. Um, again, very lucky to work with, you know, people like Dipinder and Pankaj because these guys were always, you know, on top of the game. And just spending time with them in the same room and, you know, doing meetings and, and learning. So it was, it was again, great. And even the people that you work with, uh, Zomato is well known for their culture. And, you know, it's a very close-knit team and which moves very fast. So all of these, uh, all of these uh, I think, important ingredients in some sense got imbibed in me very, very early on. So it was, it was great three years. So then uh, why did you leave after becoming the national sales head? Yeah, so you know, growth was pretty good in in the first three years. Uh, Kafi, uh, since the company was growing and I was working hard, and maybe you know those guys felt that I had potential, so I also grew pretty quickly. And uh, so it was not an easy decision at all. Uh, you know, great friends, you're growing, the company is growing, all of that. So, but I think now when I look back, I just feel that the fact that I worked so closely with the founders there, I think the whole that 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 whole dream got this thing in me as well. Yeah, make me apna kuch karna hai. You know, I want to be, I want to be like them, and uh, and 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 I think that's what the that's what happened. And at 2014, 15, you know, at that time, the, the startups in India were just exploding in some sense. And uh, so I got together with a friend of mine who, in fact, has the same story as mine. He was with me in Deesh or my flatmate there, and then joined Zomato. And both of us, I think, were in the same boat. And we thought ki, you know, we were young. We had no responsibilities at at that time. And we thought, ki, you know, if not now, then when? So let's we jumped into building something of our own. Okay. So what did you decide to build? So the company was called Pressplay, and uh, kafi unique wo challenge tha. You know, what we were trying to do was uh, you know, ultimately build a content distribution network. And uh, how we started was that uh, people were getting so bored on long distance buses or on trains or on flights, and and this is all pre geo and pre you know free internet so uh, streaming etc wasn't that easy at that time and and uh, so we thought that there has to be a better solution you know, you, i'm uh, you know we we took so many buses from bangalore to hyderabad and traveled so much on buses at that time and we just thought here yeah, people get so bored and there's nothing to do so we we actually started building these uh, you know small servers if i can call them that and uh, you could just take out your smart device and you can start streaming content from a local network um, and so and so that's how we started. And we started doing that on buses. We started doing that on trains in India. And uh, it started off pretty well. You know, it became it became pretty popular. And uh, and we, we were at it for almost four years. So, yeah. What was the monetization model? So, monetization model, we used to charge. Uh, you know, the first 30 minutes used to be free, the content. And then post that, the user had to pay. But it was completely broken. Right now, when I look back, again, there were kuch wallet, wallet, was time. Hota nahi tha. Yeah, right. And... Uh, wallet UPI, nothing, right? So basically, we used to uh, send, a, the user had to send an SMS to a number. Okay. And then, uske balance se wo, uh, you know, some 10 rupees or whatever that we used to charge, that used to get deducted. And uh, so it was complicated. It wasn't an easy solution, but that's what we tried doing. Yes, directly from his uh, prepaid balance. Prepaid balance or, or it will get added to your postpaid bill. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a complicated <laughs> monetization, this thing, yeah. But why didn't you go down the route of uh, route of ads? We tried that a bit uh, later. In fact, uh, uh, in the last couple of years, we in fact, uh, when when the traffic also grew, 
See, the first couple of years, we knew that uh, there wasn't any traffic on the platform, right? So we had to work on that. Um, and then later, we were almost doing 300, 400,000 users on the platform every month. And that is when we hit sort of, you know, some scale. And uh, we, we then we tried to, to work with a few agencies, introduce this as a new channel in some sense to advertise and did decently well. In fact, you know, we were working with almost 25, 30 clients at a time. But uh, too much, you know, it was just, it's, ads business is not an easy business. So, uh, so I think that also, you know, we were not very keen on sort of doubling down on that. I mean, you know, it's, it sounds like something which would have done well eventually if you had stuck to it, because I mean, you know, this landscape changed, uh, and, uh, did, did you like give up too fast or were there like personal challenges because of which you gave up and lost interest in it or, you know, like what happened? I mean, because it, it seems like something which, and you had raised funding also. So you had like backers. So, you know, then why uh, walk away from what you built, which seems so promising even today? So in fact, you know, every time if you go on a, on a Vistara flight or even, you know, some other flights, you actually see the solution now in play. Uh, you know, take out your smart device and just, just stream on yours on your instead of having those instead of having those screens on 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 those on the seats. So it is obviously promising. It's still surviving in some sense in a few verticals. But I, you know, looking back, I think four years we just we hustled a lot, right? As you can imagine, we we gave up. We were working seven days a week, you know, 12, 13 hours a day, and I feel that by the end of it, we were also a little burnt out. It you know, business didn't grow at the pace at which we really wanted. Um, yes, and we we had some funding at our peak. We were almost 70, 80 of us in the team, so it was a pretty big team as well. But uh, but I think I think the business wasn't taking a direction in which we had initially imagined, and uh, and pivoting at that time was slightly tough because uh, you know uh, all these Netflix and Prime had also come to India, and content costs had become very expensive. So there were some sort of industry challenges as well for us. And so we, we tried a few things, you know, we, we tried some short form content, which of course now you see it's, it's exploded. Um, so we, you know, we were one of the first players to in fact, you know, try that. But, uh, but I just feel that I think by the end of it, we were, we were number one burnt out. And I, I know it seems a little weird for founders to say that, but you know, I have faced that and I, now I understand that at, at a much deeper level. Um, and, and also I think, as I said, that the business just didn't take a direction that we wanted it to take. And at the end of four years, I think we decided that maybe, you know, it's, it's better to spend our time building something else. And uh, that's what we ended up doing. And uh, were the investors willing to back you further or was there some uh, lack of support from the investor side also? No, investors were actually very supportive. Uh, you know, we had Sequoia as, as the lead institutional investor in some sense. And, uh, and we had raised a small bridge round, in fact, at that time. And we had some money in the bank. And, uh, and they were supportive. In fact, let's say if we had pivoted to something completely different, I'm sure that they would not have, you know, they, they would have backed the team. And, uh, but at that stage, again, I, I, you know, as I said, I just, we just felt that uh, it was obviously not an easy decision at all, right? You can imagine shutting down something that you've given your life to for four years. But, uh, but I think both my co-founder and I decided that maybe let's go back. Let's take a short break and let's sort of rebuild with some, you know, other product, some other company. And then maybe one day get back to building something of our own. Okay. Uh, how did you get Sequoia on board uh, for the fundraise? Like they were the first investor or you initially had angels and then uh, went on to get Sequoia? No, so we, we actually had, uh, uh, they were the first investors on board and even the angels that we had on board was the same round. And uh, so it, it was fairly, this thing for us, I remember the first pitch that we made was to Lightspeed. 
and uh, it was a disaster, complete disaster. And uh, you know, we were we were two twenty-five-year-olds, just very high on excitement and energy, but obviously low on knowledge in some sense of how you know VCs evaluate businesses and all of that. So the first pitch I remember was with Lightspeed, and we and it was in a hotel in Delhi. Uh, your name Rasan Kunj, and that's where their office used to be. And uh, we went there, and we thought that we were prepared, but then we weren't at all. And they completely showed us the mirror in some sense. What went wrong in that pitch? Like just so that people can learn from your mistakes. I think the whole, you know, projecting the market, projecting the product roadmap. I don't think we were very clear on those things. And uh, even so, I think I think we were while we were very high on the product in some sense. So this is what we want to do, and this is how we we see the product taking shape. But uh, but I don't think we had a very clear route map. Uh, we had a clear map to let's say, you know, how we are seeing the market or how the, how this will sort of play in the next five years. Uh, with 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 internet becoming more accessible and more more smarter devices coming in, so I think we lacked some sort of vision in some sense at that time, and uh, and I think I think we got great feedback. I still remember we were so di- disappointed and depressed after that pitch that uh, you know both both me and my co-founder ended up going to the to Ambient Small, which is in Delhi uh, again in Ambassador Kunj, and this was maybe two three p.m. in the day, and we actually just went and had a drink because we we just thought you know this is what have we done. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and we had the Sequoia pitch the very next day, by the way. So we were we were anyway so super scared and nervous that what do we do now? You know, this feels like that this is we are not prepared at all. So uh, but then we we went back. You know, we we of course spent the we spent the entire night sort of uh, trying to come up with answers to the questions that the team had asked us. And uh, and then the next day Sequoia said yes, which is also learning for us, right? Because we, a lot of VCs will also look at businesses very differently with a different lens. Um, maybe some will give you the time to think about all the answers that you don't have on day one. So, uh, but yeah, the next day we had Sequoia, and then then pro- you know talks progressed well with the, with those guys. How did you get an entry into like these tier one VCs? Like, how did that happen? Was it just a cold uh, email or something, and they responded, or was it an introduction? Yeah, yeah, so so I'm I'm a big believer in just cold reach out. I think it's always yeah it's always personally worked for me and, and uh, uh, the companies and products that I work for. And uh, so it's 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 something that you know reach out to them on LinkedIn etc. And I think I think that's how we did it even that even then. Amazing. Okay. So then you walk away from press play. Uh, what next? So after after press play, uh, uh, you know, it obviously wasn't easy at all. But took some time off. Uh, I, I remember traveling for around uh, you know thirty forty five days, and uh, just just getting out of India, uh, getting my thoughts back together. Dipinder and I were in touch uh, to sort of uh, get back to Zomato maybe as a possible option. And uh, and yeah, so that uh, so we we started talking and. Uh, uh in fact he he mentioned the gold the gold was more of a project at that time going from a project to a business in some sense and we were at i think 20 25000 members uh goes amount of gold members and and it just it just seemed like something that i wanted to do because because you know there was a business to be built there there was a team to be built there and uh, there was some initial traction so the signals were good and i just i just thought ki you know i should i should just get my founder attitude or mindset in some sense And just put my head down and, and sort of focus on building this. And uh, so yeah, so that's what ended up happening. I rejoined Zomato to lead the gold team and uh, spent or then then ended up spending two years there. Okay. And uh, what was the like Zomato 2.0 experience like? So very different, right? Because when when I had joined them, it was a 25 member company. Then going to almost whatever 200 or 300 when I left the first time. When I rejoined, it was three four thousand. The you know the company. Right. Uh, in 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 whatever 2021 countries, and uh, massive businesses, the landscape had completely changed. Online ordering was the bigger focus. 
and dining out not so much so uh, but i but you know what the what the interesting thing was the dna was still the same which i which which i you know a lot of companies talk about it a lot of founders talk about it but zomato actually made that happen even with 225 people and 5000 people the dna in some sense was the same so still a very uh, you know uh, work hard every day get things done uh, always 1% done and these are all very ekdam gyan lagta hai sunke but i think these are very you know points in culture that we uh, focus there that uh, that even the founders in some sense and the leadership team uh, focuses a lot of their time and energy in actually building all these things out so yes all new faces new you know, massive teams but dna is still the same so what is the dna like if you can describe it so i think you know the, there are two three things that i sort of now when i look back and i've learned and i think that's the dna in some sense also right it's it's firstly never taking no for an answer it's you just don't give up right as in okay okay swiggy has come and you know now they're obviously pura you know they have changed the landscape completely and oh will zomato survive now and of course it survived you know and, and in 3 years it's it's, all, it's neck to neck if not more you know and so just never backing down i think that is extremely key and something that i really personally try and follow um number 2 that i've learned in my second stint was uh, always be on the front foot right this is one of the biggest learnings that i've had uh, even when you're pitching to investors or you know potential partners or even when you're you're talking to the team all of that in your life generally if you're on the back foot then the chances are that things are not going to go as per your plan what do you mean by being on the front foot or being on the back foot like what is the difference between these two states so you know being on the front foot basically what it means is that as a founder or as a as in any role in some sense you know you're trying to make things happen right as in you're trying to create something new and it's and it's and it's very easy to say that okay no but this you know this is how it's been happening or yeah, this is how it it traditionally happens or this is how a user reacts or this is how a partner reacts but that that will those those if you have that attitude it will you will never change the game so being on the front foot always means that having super confidence in what you're doing in some sense being very very aggressive in what you are planning and what you want to do um you know always having 10x 100x goals in front of you and and just again be super confident that you will change you're here to change the game and and in some sense again with with you know with with online ordering that the way that that team shaped up very quickly or even with zomato gold the membership program you know that became a super hit very quickly uh those are not easy things to execute but we were always on the front foot with respect to everything that yes this is something that can be done and has to be done so so yeah you know that's how we tried to find it and then why did you quit second time around and like you know uh, did you find it as meaningful to work there as previously because previously you would have had a lot more influence and power than now because you know smaller organization your your impact was much larger now possibly your impact would have been not as large as it was earlier so i think influence and power are wrong way to look at it but uh, but i i still feel that you know i i created some impact we when i joined we were at 25000 zomato gold members when i quit we were at 2 million members so i and even when i joined we were about 10 of us in the gold team and then we were 150 of us in the gold team so kafi you know the, the i think the op- i think that is what the beauty of the role again was right that even at 5000 at a company where there are 5000 people and yes there are processes and it's not what it used to be in 2011 but still you have that independence and you have that freedom to run a business the way you want to grow the business the way you want and uh, and you know take decisions very very quickly there is no red tape is nothing right as in this needs to be done agle ghante mein you take a call and you get it done and so yeah so again i i would actually say that both were great great stints the the first stint was more zero to one the second stint was actually building a business and seeing it uh, you know at at a slight scale so that's why i i actually value both experiences equally 
as head of zomato gold uh, what was like your focus areas like were you focusing more on onboarding more restaurant partners or were you also looking at like the digital marketing spend to acquire more customers who signed up for it or you know like what were the things that you focused on to make it reach the scale which it did so everything so my personal so in some sense i was a ceo of the business so everything demand supply marketing you know right from chat support customer support everything was the ball used to stop at me in some sense and and uh, and i enjoyed every bit of it right even even chatting with members on the app or onboarding new partners in let's say beirut or you know melbourne or uh, uh, launching in every we launched in nine ten countries outside india and so every aspect of the business uh we used to look at and uh, and a lot of new learnings lot of for this thing but uh, but yeah that's that's how at least the team was so zomato when at least at that time you know now maybe things have changed in the last 6 months uh, given covid as well but a very inter- interesting thing that i saw and learned from was that every business uh, every vertical was actually an independent business so zomato gold would have its own a marketing team its own hiring team its own uh, customer support team so every similarly with let's say the other businesses that zomato had right so what it you know what it helped was how it helped us that it enabled us to move very very quickly so so th- that's how we used to run run uh, the the teams there overall what percentage of zomato's revenue comes from outside india so again numbers can't get into so much i th- i think they they publish a very very sort of detailed uh, you know sort of an annual report every year and i think whatever the the team is comfortable disclosing it's all there but uh, but it's it's pretty significant uh, online ordering etc obviously is big in india but uh, the dining out business is pretty big uh, in all the international countries as well so uh, then you know around like early this year you decided to move out uh, what was the reason behind that so reason was uh, see i i always it, let me actually tell you a story uh, so i i at pressplay you know at my first startup so sequoia used to have these founder meetups right so so we we went to goa and uh, all these sequoia founders were there and of course we were in awe of all of them in some sense so wahan pe i remember this conversation that i had with one founder and he's and he said ki look kuch baat ho rahi thi about second time founders and all of that of coming back and building and he had he mentioned a very interesting line which which i still remember and he said ki uh, uh, second time founders are always a you know a rare lot but what what ends up happening is that do teen saal baad you only remember the good things of your journey so the bad things ki jo to the struggle etc you tend to you know memory sort of fades but the only the good things that you know you were building and you were at it and you were you know building your own team all of that your own vision so yahi sab yaad rehta hai by the end of it so i think mere sath bhi na yahi hua ki after 2 years i think i only remembered the good things and i thought ki i really want to go back you know i i really i really miss that and uh, and uh, and i was also you know not as young as i was the first time i was getting older and i thought ki ab you know the the traditional sense ki maybe responsibilities will keep on increasing and maybe this is the right time to sort of again jump back into uh, you know building something of my own so, so it was it was a very it was not as quick a decision as it was the last time but is baar bhi kafi jaldi ho gaya i remember take, i almost took you know a couple of, i i took a couple of weeks off before i uh, resigned to uh, to sort of think through what i want to do and uh, and those couple of weeks i just spent time on the on leap and the, the idea that was just taking shape at that time and i was and i really enjoyed it you know i thought ki my productivity levels were 1000x of what they used to be uh, interest levels all of that and uh, i thought ki theek hai you know at the end of those two weeks i was very clear and i thought let's 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 do this again so what was the idea that came to you 
so idea you know the in the first uh, sense the first shape and form was that how we professional networks were not adding any value so linkedin for us in india typically means ki jo bhi you know connection requests aa rahe hain sabko add karte raho and uh, people boast about having 20000 30000 connections on linkedin but how is that helping so you know, a typical i'll tell you a typical work uh, linkedin day for me used to be 15 20 messages on you know that dm jo emails unke hote hain ki saying ki mera mera khana nahi aaya hai khana late ho gaya hai oh, <laughs> i just used to think ki what is happening right and and uh, and so that's how it all started in some sense and I, you know i so i uh, i kept thinking ki there has to be a better professional network a more in, more community led professional network and uh, uh, it has to be maybe paid it has to be optimized for you no know, real uh, real uh, uh, things in some sense and not just ki oh i have 20000 connections that doesn't mean anything so um, so that was the initial idea that it has to focus on professional development and let's let's build something there and in fact my co-founder was also part of the goal team she was in fact the first person in the goal team at zomato and and uh, and i used to keep discussing all of these you know she used to sit across just in front of me and i used to keep discussing these ideas with her and uh, and this sort of stuck with both of us and then we started working more and more and thinking more about this and then it sort of transformed into what it is today why did you decide to make it a women only network so i'll tell you two three reasons right one is that so we were doing a lot of primary research now this is this is october november last year and uh, the idea it was just an idea in some sense ki ha aisa kuch hona chahiye but then we started talking to a lot of people you know even our first degree network and second degree network all of them and we just started collecting some feedback saying ki what is it that you look for in a professional network just a, a simple question uh, and there were of course you know some usual answers that came network and and learning and all of these things but there was one thing that really stood out that the the passion with which women were giving these answers was very different with uh, ki how you know men were sort of approaching this question uh interesting example for you know we had this question in the we had a form and we had a question there that who's your role model and and uh, we we noticed that males like men had very varied answers right even from let's say virat kohli to a uh, maybe a bollywood actor to a politician to a lot of industries in some sense were represented entrepreneurs yeah for the founders everyone but for women 90% of the women the answer was uh, indra noy only and that's and that's when we realized ki you know, there there are actually so few even uh, you know women role model female role models in some sense and and then we started reading more about that ki, you know why is it like this and why is there uh, we we read some reports mckinsey reports and all of that at that time that the, the workforce uh, you know when a, let's say out of 100 it's 52% males and 48% females which is pretty strong right yeah but uh, but, but uh, in leadership that number goes down for 20% or maybe even lower for females so there was a yeah so there was a big this thing we realized that drop offs was happening at every level and we and we thought that maybe you know that's something that we are passionate about and uh, and we we were also very clear on day one that yes while we want to build a massively profitable and global business and all of that but we also want to do something that we are passionate about so and this seemed like a good uh, in some sense you know problem to solve if i can just call it that or some you know problem to work on and uh, and that's when we thought that you know let's let's start by opening memberships for women and let's see how it goes so that's how it all started you know uh, how is leap club different from linkedin it, it, like what are the features of the product if i can use that term so you know difference today is that while you have a lot of uh, uh, like we also have a feed and we also have uh, tools where you can reach out to other people and connect to them in a much more sort of uh, intimate way but ultimately what we're doing today is that we are benefits first 
today. What, what that means is that Leap is a, firstly, it's only paid. So you have to pay to become a member. What is the pricing like? So pricing, again, it's, you know, we, we charge uh, close to 30,000 rupees a year. You know, that's the amount. So it's a pretty high, highly priced uh, membership. And, uh, uh, and then you have your option to pay monthly and, you know, the different sort of permutations and combinations. But, but it's, yeah, it's paid. Uh, and as I said, we, we are benefits first, right? What happens is that today you're paying for the benefits that you get. So we are, we are really sort of focusing on building a better network for you. We are very focused on your mental wellness, for example. So every LEAP member gets access to 10 therapy sessions. And, and, we, and we, 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 we feel that, you know, mental wellness plays a big part in your professional growth. So, so for example, that. We also felt that uh, executive coaching can really transform your career. Uh, you know, in, in, in the US and in other sort of more developed countries, uh, coaching is a very normal concept that people uh, adapt to in some sense or start using at a very early stage in your career. Right. In India, what how it happens is that it's usually been reserved for the CXOs and the VPs or, you know, in some sense, the top level. And, and we thought that this has to change because uh, why not make coaching available to people when, the, you know, in, in mid-management or you know, people who are starting out their careers who can actually, you know, this, this can change their careers in some sense. So, um, so, we, so you get access to an exec coach today on our platform. We focus a lot on, you know, your learning. So the cost of coaching is bundled into the membership price. Yeah, everything is bundled into the membership price. And uh, so you get access to you know, something that we call as Academy and you get access to a lot of curated content. You get access to you know, a lot of these masterclasses uh, and hurdles that we, you know, workshops that we keep doing. So we are just trying to focus on everything possible that will help you grow in your professional life or, or you know, will help you live your best professional life. So in a way, if I could like give an analogy. So the way one would subscribe to a fitness club the same way one would subscribe to Leap Club uh, for professional growth. Yeah, I, I just hope that we end up using Leap much more than we end up using fitness apps. <laughs> right. but, uh, but yeah, in some sense, you know, just sort of a very holistic approach to your professional development. And uh, what are the kind of people who are willing to pay this kind of amount? Like, w- what do you see in terms of your member profile? So, you know, very interesting because when we started the company, we thought that typically, uh, you know, 25, 2600 rupees a month. So it's, it's not a cheap membership in some sense. Right. And, uh, and maybe you have to earn a certain amount in a month to be comfortable with this, uh, you know, by, for paying this. And, and we were a new product. We had no credibility in some sense. So we, we initially started reaching out to people who were in, you know, between six to 12 years of work experience. So you know, we thought that maybe you're earning maybe 50 to 50,000 to a lakh a month. And, you know, this is something that you could try. So that was our first TG in some sense. But very soon we realized that professional development on growth is actually, you know, whatever level that you are, you always aspire to go to the next level. And we, so today we have a lot of young leaders, you know, we call them young leaders on the platform who come with, let's say, zero to five years of experience uh, who are just starting out their careers. We have, and so that, that's 20%, I would say, and that's by design. So we control that a bit. Then uh, we, ha- we have 20% who are, you know, internally we call them generals. So that's the word that we use. And, and, uh, and these are women who have been, you know, 18, 20 years of work guys who've been there, done that uh, at, at the top of their game, but again, very interested in growing. So 20% is that. And then the 60% is the, is the, is the, is the you know, the, the, what I mentioned, the 6 to 12. So that's how it is today. But they come from all industries, you know, all your, uh, while they, a lot of your top companies are represented. But we have a lot of lot of founders. We have a lot of uh, professionals, lawyers, yes, a lot of uh, people who you know, women who now want to get back to work, or maybe after a maternity break or after some other break. So it, it's 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 a great mix. And uh, what are like some of the success stories you've seen so far in terms of like real world impact on the members? If you have any anecdotes, 
Yeah, so we, no, we are a very young company, by the way. We only opened memberships on the first of May. Oh wow! So, but the already the energy and the this thing, the impact in some sense we are seeing is pretty phenomenal. Um, you know, we we have something called a super. We call the we call it super connections, where where members can actually reach out to other members for meetings. And uh, and and I think in the last two months we have had we have had now two fifty plus super connections happen on the platform, and there are very very interesting stories that are coming out of these meetings. You know, people have met potential co-founder, people are meeting potential investors, and the the beauty is that uh, and you might say that oh, ये तो LinkedIn पे भी हो सकता है and all of that, but you know, curation there is no curation on LinkedIn. Now these are today we are close to now three hundred members, and uh, and these are three hundred top members and the. The feeling of a community-driven network is very evident. If I if I if I if I if I send an email to uh, on to someone on LinkedIn, it might might not get replied uh, to. But here we see that 95% of the messages get replied, and the meetings actually happen. So you know the the whole the whole community is taking shape. So so those are very those meetings are enabling a lot of good stories to come out. Coaching is something that a lot of our members are you know they're experiencing for the first time, and now there is so much demand. For actually introducing many many more modules of coaching, and in fact we'll do that next month. So, so you know, uh, therapy uh, again. I think in the last two months we have we've had we've we've hosted 200 plus sessions. And given given COVID and its impact and all of that, I feel uh, I think it was the right thing to do as well. And uh, and uh, so again, at, at for every benefit, we've actually seen the usage happening. We've seen the impact uh, happening. Uh, you know, happen. So um, yeah, so far so good. And uh, is this funded, like, uh, or uh, is it bootstrapped as of now? So it's funded. Uh, we we actually uh, raised a seed sort of around uh, pre-launch in March. So, so yeah, like with institutional investors or angels. So mix of mix of both. So uh, we have actually a very good set of founders. So we have, uh, for example, Titan Capital, which is which is. Uh, You know, Kunal, the Stabil founders, Kunal and Rohit. So, so, so they they are a part. Um, Sequoia Scouts program. So they have invested some money. Um, and what is the Scouts program? So I think their successful founders, the they can actually. It's it's a very interesting program. Uh, I think the successful founders, uh, portfolio founders, they can actually choose to invest some of the money. So, yeah. So we have uh, you know, we have someone who we have a founder there who 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 invested in that. We have. You know, Whiteboard Capital, which is the Sandeep Tandon's fund, who's the founder of FreeCharge, and uh, so yeah, it's a very good mix of uh, uh, institutional investors and angels. And this was again like cold emails or or like what? So few were actually cold emails. I remember, for example, we have a uh, we have a firm, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, this called First Check, and uh, very very interesting what they're doing. They've actually they've also gotten a cohort of founders and they invest on the, they invest money along with them. So right. there, I remember I had just sort of sent a cold email and uh, we ended up connecting. And and uh, even with uh, Artha, which is uh, which is an, another one of the institutional investors, it, it was just a cold reach out. So yeah, so I have followed my principles of being on the front foot there as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, got it. Okay, amazing. So, how big do you see this becoming in like uh, like a one year span by the end of let's say thirty first March, twenty twenty one? What do you estimate will your Leap Club look like? So again, you know, very interesting question because I can answer that in two ways. One is I can answer that that okay, this is how X, we we want to be at five thousand members, for example, or ten thousand members, or we or I can say that okay, you know, we want our members to win. and that is what we are focusing on uh, you know you asked me what are they, are you guys making any real impact and that's what we want to focus on right so what we've decided is that you know we we're going to take it a bit slow right this is something new for us that we're also doing 
and uh, at the end of first year let's say if we are at 15 1500 you know 1500 members and i think that be a good number um we have a pretty strong waitlist by the way we have 5000 women who are on the waitlist today and very strong why why such a big waitlist i mean why not let them in because again you know firstly bandwidth because we are we we were just three of us till till around a couple of months back today we are we are 13 14 of us in the team and we are expanding our, our onboarding team as well all of that but also we want to make sure we don't want to we we are very comfortable running a sales process right if we want to onboard start onboarding more members i think we'll be very comfortable doing that but the harder part here is to actually make sure that each and every member is winning so we want to focus on that and take things a bit slow and uh, and and yeah so i think around 1500 members are making sure that all you know each one of them is winning that's the that's the goal that's amazing so uh, what do you uh, see as like a more long term vision you know like like your big hairy audacious goal so to say like say 10 years or 15 years down the line you know our goal in some sense is that uh, we have to disrupt linkedin you know that is that is where we started and uh, you know we've taken a slightly different approach but uh, we have to disrupt and we have to be the number one professional network in the world uh, the very the, be- the beauty is that we're already taking as i you know i mentioned that the community is already taking shape um there is a lot of content being generated even on our platform so they we, we also have a feed and we just going to introduce more and more tools and features in the coming months so so all of that everything that linkedin does uh, in a spammy and noisy way in some sense so we want to do that in a for a very private paid community small community and uh, and uh, so yeah but you know jobs down the line or endorsements or uh, better ways to connect all of that will will hopefully come but uh, but yeah that's the that's the big goal so given that you will keep it only for women i mean you know won't it be somewhat restrictive to the growth uh, because there is value in getting men into the network because it opens up more connections like you know like you give examples of people finding investors now today most of the people in the investment profession are men you know so uh, wouldn't there be like a cap or a constraint on growth by virtue of it being women only yeah so a very good question and uh, something that we also debate about quite a bit internally and so again you know, you, you have to understand that uh, firstly we are not alienating men we our members today will be the first ones to tell you that if we want to bring about a real change then men have to be involved right right and uh, so we you know we are we are very open to sort of introduce them to the a lot of our master classes for example or workshops are are held by men uh, are hosted by men and uh, and we are very open to you know working with them uh, in the future right now the idea is that we started with women because you know we just felt that this is a Uh, this is something that we are more passionate about, and and uh, you know, two years down the line, I'm sure that we will find ways to involve men on the platform as well. Cool. And so, one final question: so, uh, entrepreneurs are essentially, you know, always driven by learning new things. And what is it that's currently driving you? Something that you're currently seeking to learn as a person? Okay. Um. So I see again uh, the learning that has been for me in the last six months. Uh, uh is is actually revolves a lot around leap and the problems that exist and all of that but actually let me let me sort of give you a counter view uh, to your question um i am actually not a person who who wants to say ki oh meko ye seekhna hai meko i want to learn something new and i want to do this i am actually the opposite in some sense so i know that i, I there are you know i have maybe a few strong points and i actually like being around those strong points and uh, so you know i, I want to learn uh, for example so many people early in their careers they will come and say that okay now you want to transition to product management because you know that just sounds fancy at that time 
and 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 i just i just you know the answer that i give to them is that if you're good at cricket then keep practicing that if you're a good bowler don't come and say that okay now i want to start playing football right right and uh, so so i of course you know read read quite a bit and i i, I heard a lot of uh, podcast twitter is a great source of knowledge for me um, but as i said um, learning is an everyday process and yes you want to be a better leader and you want to maybe you know become better at what you do but ultimately i like staying my around my strong points beyond campus is a production of the podium.in powered by career launcher if you like this show then we are sure that you will love our other shows on subjects like entrepreneurship marketing books and drama check out the podium.in for a complete list of all our shows <laughs>